0: This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa Mashallah, that was actually one of the best that I've had. Mashallah. Barakallah feekum. Bismillahi wa wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillahi wa ala alihi wa We praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon all conditions. We thank Him for everything that He has bestowed upon us. We send blessings and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, His entire household, all His companions. May Allah bless them all and bless every one of you. May Allah bless your offspring, those who come up to the end. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant you the offspring and may Allah make them the coolness of your eyes may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep us all steadfast my beloved brothers and sisters here in this beautiful city of birmingham firstly we all know that as submitters unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we would definitely know who Allah is we know that he is the creator The nourisher, the cherisher, the sustainer, the provider, the protector, the curer, the one in whose hands lies absolute control of every aspect of existence. We know that because the term Rabbun is declared right at the beginning of the Qur'an in Surah Al-Fatiha, the opening surah, the opening chapter of the Qur'an where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen All praise is due to Allah Rabbul Alameen Some of us just say, Lord of the Worlds Have you heard that? Lord of the Worlds It's not wrong, but it's only a portion of the meaning Rabbun, made up of three letters of the Arabic language Ra, Ba and Ba Rabbun It actually refers to the one who made you, the one who created you. Whoever he is, he's called Rabbun. The one who made you, who nourishes, cherishes, provides, takes care of, etc., etc. All the aspects of existence in his control, that is Rabbun, that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, we also need to know that, you know, when you're young, and you're born into a Muslim home, you're actually very fortunate But sometimes we take it for granted. And this is why the reverts into Islam tend to be slightly stronger than the born Muslims. Sometimes the born Muslims have contaminated their belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with a culture that sometimes happens to contradict this faith. Culture is a good thing when you say this person is very cultured. What do you mean? You mean they have high morals and values. You mean that they are pleasant. They know the do's and don'ts. They know how to treat and talk to people, etc. But sometimes when culture contradicts the deen, you've got to throw it out. There's a lot of racism that comes because every single tribe thinks it is better than the other. Now, you might think you're not racist, but if you search deep down, you might find a slightly different answer. Because you think you're better. Your family is better. Your people are better. Those around you are better. That's racism. That's tribalism sometimes. Do you know that? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. sawasiya ka asnanil There is a saying that goes like this. People are equal. Like the teeth of a comb. Like the teeth of a comb. Now my brothers and sisters, why did I start this way? Because... When we are young and we are in a Muslim home, we are told, fulfill your salah. Then I used to say perform, but then I realized salah is not a performance. Salah is actually a fulfillment of a great act of worship. I still sometimes would probably say perform salah, but you know what we mean. I think a more appropriate term is fulfill salah. Fulfill it, because it's a fulfillment. So... If we take a look at it we've been instructed and sadly a lot of us the generation of our parents they just told us if you don't you will be punished you will be punished and this is why when we heard ya ayyuhalladhina amanuttaqullah we always translated it as oh you who believe say it fear allah That was the translation of it. That's a very simple translation that sometimes does not really explain the term Taqwa. Taqwa is not exactly translated in one English word, fear Allah. It is more to do with the consciousness of Allah based on the love that you have for Him that will result in you not wanting to go against His command because you love Him so much. That's what it is. When we say Taqwa, Ibn Hajr al-Asqalani says and I've said this so many times antaj'ala wa bayna wiqaya taqwa is to create a barrier because in the simple arabic language wiqayatun means a barrier so taqwa is to create a barrier between you and the punishment of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala what do i fear i fear the punishment of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by doing what i fear it or I create a barrier between myself and the punishment of Allah, the displeasure of Allah, by following the commands and instructions and abstaining from the prohibitions as best as I can. So this is where the term taqwa comes in. But we were taught fear Allah, be scared of Allah. Who, I'm so scared. Now I'm going to read salah because I fear Allah. It worked with some of us, mashallah. But I promise you there are some doesn't work with them. They become so fearful that they think that they are going to be burning in the fire forever and ever. Yet they are Muslimin. Look at the magicians at the time of the prophet Moses, may peace be upon him, Musa alayhi salam. They engaged in one, one prostration. And Allah loved it so much, Allah says, I've forgiven them as a result. They were executed thereafter by the Pharaoh. But how many prostrations did they engage in? How many times did they say, Allah is our Lord? Once. Allah forgave them. How many times do you and I prostrate for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? I've lost count. Alhamdulillah. If Allah accepts one of those, trust me, your place in paradise Inshallah, will be there. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it such that when we do a good deed, we don't lose it by remaining thereafter or by following it up with bad. Rather, the hadith says, and this is important for us to make a note of, When you do a bad deed, follow it up with a good deed So that it will wipe out the bad deed That's what we are taught If you do a bad deed, follow it up with a good deed So that the bad deed is wiped out by your good deed Imagine, that's the gift of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Here we are talking of minor sins Sins that sometimes we perhaps don't even know we've committed We take them for granted do a good deed. And then the hadith says, خَالِقِ bi in Hasan." Treat people or your conduct with people should be the best. khuluq meaning your character, the way you treat people, the way you relate to your fellow human beings must be the best. Because that is how you will earn Jannah. When the Prophet wasallam was asked about paradise, he was asked a simple question. What are the qualities of those who are, will be in paradise? We want to know the main features, the main qualities, so that we can also work towards it. He says two things. Taqwa wa husnul khuluqi The consciousness of Allah and good character and conduct. Why those two? Have you ever asked yourself? Very simple. The first one is your relationship with your maker. The second one is your relationship with the rest of the creatures of the same maker. Allahu Akbar. Did you hear that? The first one is your relationship with your maker. Powerful. I'm conscious of Allah. The second one is your relationship with the rest of the creatures of the same maker. How he made you, he made them. How you have a right to exist, they have a right to exist. How you have this right and that right, they have similar rights. Do you fulfill their rights? Something very interesting. So as we grew into the next generations, we found that instilling hope was primary. It became the driving factor the world is full of gloom the world is full of problems depression people are struggling even financially in the rich countries people are struggling you know you might think oh I live in Britain so wow the people of the rest of the world think the guys who live in Britain they're so lucky they're so fortunate not realizing that a lot of the people are paying loans They're they're working very very hard they work morning to evening, five, six days a week. They don't get to see their children as much as they'd love to and so on. Hard work. So life is a struggle. In the midst of that struggle, when I think about Allah, I must have positive thoughts. Everything is negative enough. But my Allah, He loves me. He really loves me. And He loves me so much, He made me, He guided me. And He's given me so much of hope that He calls Himself ar rahmanir Rahim, Most merciful. In a special way or in a common way and most merciful in a special way he calls himself the most beneficent the most merciful that's Allah never in the Quran do you find the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala where he says he's going to punish you if you get what I mean it's always about mercy about love about compassion And yes, he does say retribution and just and so on, because justice does definitely, or justice is a quality of those who are great. So, if those who are great, justice would be a good quality, then Allah's quality is far above all of those. Subhanallah, that is Allah. He's the just, but together with that justice, He is most merciful, He forgives. When you know you can do something about someone who's actually done something wrong to you, but you still forgive them, what happens? It means you are truly merciful. I know I can penalize you, I can punish you, but don't worry, it's okay, you know, it's fine. I don't want to continue in this way. I want to forgive you, subhanallah. And I want you to know that Allah is more merciful upon us than anyone else can be towards us. Remember that it's in the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. The suckling mother, where the Prophet sallallahu wasallam asks, "Do you think that this lady can actually cast her child into the fire?" And they said, "It's impossible. She will never do that." Well, I want you to know that Allah is much more merciful upon us than this woman can ever be upon that particular child. So we need to worship Allah, loving Allah, taqwa There needs to be an element of the love of Allah such that a barrier is created between me and the displeasure of Allah. I want to worship Allah because of taqwa, because I love Allah. I'm so conscious of His love for me. That's why I want to worship Him. I love Him so much. He takes care of me. He's given me my eyes and my nose, the faculty of hearing and all other faculties. SubhanAllah, He's granted me the ability to be here this morning or to listen to this later on. SubhanAllah, He loves me, surely He does. And don't think that the difficulties that are placed in your life are actually part of the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They are reminders from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala indeed. But if they result in you becoming closer to Allah, they were a mercy of Allah. Some of us have never called out to Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, until we fall ill and sick, or we have a financial problem, or a marital problem, or some form of an issue. And then we turn to Allah, and we say, was this a punishment? Well, if you turned to Allah as a result, it was actually the mercy of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. It was actually Allah's gift upon you. So... We all make mistakes. We do because we're human beings. Every time we hear, you know what, I'm a human. Never use the fact that you're human to intentionally perpetrate a crime. I'm human, you know, so I'm going to the club tonight. Come on, take it easy. I'm a human being, so I'm going to drink a little bit. Take it easy. Don't use that as an excuse to sin. But if you have sinned out of human nature, because your nafs or your soul has driven you Towards that, seek Allah's forgiveness. I tell you why. Imagine if your little child whom you love the most has done something wrong and comes to you and says, I'm sorry, please forgive me. What will happen? Don't worry, my son. It's fine. It's okay. Subhanallah. Don't worry. That's okay. And they do it again. What will you do? It's okay, you're my son. And they look at you and they come with this face of theirs, cutie pie, you know, and they've just broken so many nice things of yours. The whole lot of glasses was actually dropped. What do you do? You look and say, don't worry. So long as you're not hurt, it's okay. Don't worry. Do you know Allah is more merciful upon you than you can be upon your own child? Do you know that? So when your child comes to you once, twice, thrice, as human beings, the fourth time the child comes, if they've done the same thing, we might, Interpret it in a different way Or react in a slightly different way Hey, it's a bit much now You know, you damaged my car once You damaged it the second time You damaged it the third time Look at my son looking at me, mashallah You damaged it the third time Take it easy, relax You've got to be careful the way you drive May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Grant us steadfastness But with Allah, it's not like that you can seek forgiveness a million times, He will forgive you a million and one times. For as long as the conditions of seeking that forgiveness are met, He will forgive you. Because He swears that you will be forgiven. He says, never lose hope in my mercy. And He doesn't only tell that to us, He tells Muhammad Wasallam to make it clear to us. Therefore, there are so many narrations, where the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam in his words explains to us the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In a narration he says, min la la. The one who seeks forgiveness from a sin, any sin, is equivalent to he or she who's never committed the sin. Subhanallah. In a verse of the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Surah Al-Furqan, towards the end, when he speaks of so many sins, and he speaks of the punishment of those who perpetrate the sins, do you know what he says? Besides those who seek forgiveness And if they've sought forgiveness And they do good deeds after that Do you know what? They will be so gifted by Allah That the bad they did Will be converted into good deeds And put on the right side of the scale Because they followed up the bad With tawbah Meaning with repentance And at the same time They did a lot of good deeds thereafter So Allah says, because you changed your life, if you have really changed your life, the bad you've done in the past will be considered a good deed on the day of judgment. But if you haven't changed your life, you've repented for a sin, one sin, another sin, a third sin, the conditions are as follows. Number one, admit your sin. You don't say, you know what, uh, I committed the sin, but that was my friend who made me commit it. Fair enough. The friend might be involved, but you admit you were wrong. I was wrong. That's it. What I did was unacceptable. I am to blame. That's condition number one. Condition number two. Regret it. I need to feel regret and remorse. If a person comes to you and says, listen, I'm sorry for breaking the glass. And they walk away and they're smiling. And you're going to think to yourself, this person's not really sorry. Are they sorry? They're not really sorry. They're just telling you, ah, it's okay, I'm sorry. It's with their mouths. But when a person is remorseful, when they are regretting, you will find they've changed a little bit. So if they've broken something, sorry for giving you the example of breaking the glass, but it's something very simple. And it can happen and it happens to us. So what would happen is, the second time, or should I say, when a person says, I'm sorry, and they're really regretful, they will do something about trying their best not to repeat it. That brings us to the third condition. The third condition is, You ask Allah's forgiveness. The first one is you admit it. The second one is you regret it. Yes, I did this. I'm very sorry about it. And I seek your forgiveness for Allah. That's the third condition. I'm asking you, please forgive me, O Allah. And the fourth one is to promise you're not going to do it again. Now that's a tough one, right? Because a lot of people say, you know what? What I did is wrong, I know. But I don't know whether I'm going to do it again or not. No! Don't say I know or I don't know. For as long as when you ask Allah's forgiveness, you knew in your heart you were genuine and you will try your best never to do it again. That's acceptable in the eyes of Allah. Allah knows you're a human being. So say for example, a person's committed adultery. And what happens is they then say, Oh Allah, I admit what I did was wrong. I regret it. And I ask your forgiveness and I promise you I won't do it again. And they cry the warm tears. Subhanallah and they fulfill their salah and they try to change their life. You have to make sure that the person you committed the sin with, you, your relationship with them changes to a certain extent because you don't want to be caught in the same situation that facilitated the first sin. And thereafter, if for some reason, sometime later, separated from your seeking of forgiveness from that particular sin, you happen to fall. Allah says, go back. And seek the same forgiveness again. What if it happens a third time? Go back. Seek the forgiveness a third time. And a fourth, and a fifth, and infinity. Allah will forgive you. For as long as you ask Him for that forgiveness. That is called, or that is the meaning of the name. At-tawab. at You know when we say ta'ibun. Subhanallah, it refers to two things. Because the hadith says, mantaba taba taba Simple. Mantaba taballahu alayhi. Whoever seeks forgiveness, Allah will forgive them. It's over. That's what the Hadith says. You seek forgiveness, Allah will forgive you. Surah Al-Furqan. Allah says, "Qul ya 'ibadiyalladina asrafu 'ala anfusihim." It's Surah Al-Zumar. Allah says, "La taqnatu min rahmati Lahi, inna Allahu yafuq jami'a." O Muhammad explain to my worshippers, tell them. And this is why he's explained it so much. Tell them, O oh my worshippers, those who have transgressed against Allah and those who have oppressed themselves, asrafu ala anfusihim, those who have gone beyond the limits, themselves, they have wronged themselves. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, لَا مِنْ رَحْمَةِ الله. Do you want to hear what Allah says? He says, never lose hope in the mercy of Allah. For indeed, Allah will forgive every single sin that you've committed because He is most forgiving, most merciful. I am hopeful. I know I'm a criminal. Meaning I know I've done wrong in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I know I'm a human being. I know the sins I've committed. But guess what? I'm so hopeful because I have a Lord who's more merciful upon me than my own mother and father. I have hope. And I will smile. Until the point of death, I will have hope. And I will continue having hope no matter what has happened in my life. No matter what type of sins I've committed in the past. It's okay. So for as long as you have sought the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, trust me, you need to develop that hope. Allah will forgive you. Because why? Shaytan has a plan. What's his plan? He knows Allah instructed us not to lose hope. So he makes us lose hope. And that's exactly what a lot of people do. I receive a lot of messages, a lot of questions, a lot of emails, a lot of comments where people say, Will Allah forgive me? The answer is always yes. If you're prepared to seek forgiveness, yes, 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 he will. And perhaps he has already, but you don't even know. Someone told me, I've been seeking forgiveness every day 20 times for the one sin I committed a long time back. Do you know what I told him? MashaAllah, when you seek forgiveness, Allah will elevate your status now because that sin was probably wiped out with the first time that you asked the forgiveness. The first time you asked it, Allah's wiped it out. Now that you're asking again and again, Allah's elevating your status. Allah's elevating your status higher and higher. But... In your heart, you need to know, you need to feel that you are forgiven. We're not so bad that Allah will not forgive us. No way. Don't let people tell you, you, there's no tawbah for you. Astaghfirullah. May Allah forgive us. Allah says, I am a tawwab Ta'ibun means two things. It means the one who seeks the forgiveness. And it can mean the one who has forgiven. But Allah does not call himself ta'ib. The one who's forgiven once. He says at In the Arabic language, when those who have studied emphasis would actually know it's called taqid. When you want to emphasize something, you say tawwabun means the one who forgives those who sinned and, repented, and then sinned and repented and then they sinned and repented and then they sinned and repented and then they sinned and repented, then they sinned and repented right up to the end. That is At-tawab. He is the one at so one might ask, what's the difference between istighfar and tawbah? I'm sure we've heard that a lot of times, say astaghfirullah. So we say astaghfirullah wa atubu Do You know what the difference is? Astaghfirullah actually means, I seek the forgiveness of Allah. Oh Allah, I am seeking your forgiveness. And atubu ilayh means, I am returning to him or to you, oh Allah. To return to Allah. So when you return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala That means I've changed my life That's what it means Something has happened That has made me change I've returned to Allah So when you just say Astaghfirullah Yes, you're asking Allah's forgiveness But when you have engaged in tawbah That means you have returned to the right path When your little tom-tom coming to Birmingham tells you that you need to make a U-turn, what do you do? You don't just keep on going straight thinking it's okay, it's okay. It will adjust itself, it's fine. Subhanallah, you try and make a U-turn as soon as possible. Right? Because you know... That, oh, I don't just say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. If I say, I'm sorry, and I continue following what I think is right, although I'm being guided otherwise, you know what will happen? I'll end up in the wrong destination. But if I say, I'm sorry, I'm going to make a U-turn right now, I will still get to the destination. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide us. So, my beloved brothers and sisters, when we say, Allah is tawwab, it is actually not us who say this. it is him Subhanallah The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam tells us Inna Allah Ta'ala yabsutu yadahu bil layli liyatuba musihu nahab wa yabsutu yadahu bin nahari liyatuba musihu al layl hatta tadru'a ash-shamsu min maghribiha What a powerful narration every day Allah stretches the hand of mercy Allah stretches His hand to forgive those who have committed sin by night. And every night Allah stretches His hand to forgive those who have committed sin by day. Every day. Until when? Did Allah say we'll only do it for the first 20 minutes of, you know, this thing or that thing? No. For the first 20 minutes every Jumu'ah? No. Until the sun rises from the west. That means until the end of time. And there is another narration that says, Abdi Allah will accept the forgiveness of any worshipper for as long as they have not arrived at the point of ghargara, which means right at the point of death. When your soul is being removed from your body, that's the time when the doors of tawbah are closed. Before that, totally open, wide open, completely. That is at That is the mercy of Allah. My brothers and my sisters, never lose hope in that mercy of Allah. He loves you. And I promise you when you have difficulty and hardship, you need to know that's the reason why we are on earth. Nobody on earth does not have difficulties or hardship, including the presidents and the wealthy and the leaders and those who have Materialistically, absolutely everything, they also have problems, they have issues. There will also come a day when they too will die, they will be on their deathbeds just like the others, more powerful and more wealthy and more good looking, were on their deathbeds just before they die. You know, but we're going to a better place. Definitely. I have absolutely no doubt. Allah does not allow you to suffer beyond a certain point. But when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tests you with something you may perceive as negativity. It's actually supposed to draw you closer to Him. It's supposed to make you realize that this world is something temporary. This world is something that is not supposed to be filled with all the roses. Perhaps I have more than I deserve. It's the gift of Allah. But when I get into the hereafter, I will definitely see a lot. I will definitely then have the best of the best. Allah has promised that to me. So this is why when we say at tawab We need to smile And we need to say that's my Lord That's my maker Subhanallah You know if your son or your daughter Or your relative Or someone you know Happens to be very very famous Or happens to be the best sportsman Certain field MashaAllah we have Muin Ali with us May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Grant him goodness and ease But at the same time Okay, let's use his example. When he clocked the century a little while back, right? What did we say? My boy that, right? That's our boy, man. Do you get my point? That's our guy, man. Make dua for him. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us champions of the deen. Remember, whatever you're doing in life, you're always an ambassador of the deen. Every one of us. Even if you're walking in the streets of Birmingham, you're an ambassador of the deen. Carry yourself well. That alone is da'wah carrying yourself well is already the beginning of doubt, Even without uttering one word. So we say, we get happy. You say, hey, that's my guy. That's our dude, man. Wallahi, I want to teach you something. The example of Allah is far higher than anything we would be able to cite. But whenever we hear the names of Allah, we should say, that's my Rab. That's my Allah. That's my maker. That's the most merciful. He's the one. I love him. You dedicate... Total, absolute, unconditional love. Not to your boyfriend or girlfriend. No, to Allah. And then you know what will happen. That's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Dedicate your love to Him. Salatul fajr comes. That's a Do You know what I'm gonna do? Set my clock half an hour ahead of time. And I'm gonna get up and say, I love you Allah. This is just for you. And I get up and I make my wudu and I know how difficult it is. Subhanallah. You know how fortunate you guys are? You can set your clock for 7.30 and you can still catch Salatul Fajr. We can never do that in Africa. Impossible. One of the perks. One of the perks. You can be fasting every Monday and Thursday and every 13th, 14th, 15th of the lunar month. And you know what it will be? Early breakfast and a late lunch. That's all it is. And you'd have fasted. Wow, and it's not wrong to shift to Africa when Ramadan comes because then we have the bonus. Please, at, at this time, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us, may Allah grant you ease. You see, the deen, Islam is a beautiful religion, Allah is the best, the best ever, the deity that is obviously the highest nothing compares with allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we're fortunate we have him as our Rabb, as our maker because i promise you if he wanted to punish us he could have done it a long time back but allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says allah will never punish them while they are seeking forgiveness this is why when something happens to you, the first thing you say, obviously we say, depending on what exactly has happened. But we also say, May Allah forgive us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us a good returning to Him. Because when you are seeking forgiveness, Allah won't punish you in that condition. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not punish you in that condition. I have spoken for my minutes. I told the brother I would complete at a quarter to two. So Alhamdulillah, I hope and I pray that the few words I've said have motivated myself and yourselves. We get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We have hope in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We repent to Allah no matter what has happened and we never allow shaitan to make us feel that Allah's not going to forgive me. No, not me. No matter what. No matter what you've done. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive you. Do you know? that shirk is a sin that Allah does not forgive. But a lot of us don't understand what that means. There's no contradiction in what I'm saying because when Allah says I don't forgive shirk, He's talking about those who die without repenting. If someone dies without repenting, the mercy of Allah is, He says, I can forgive all the sins. But shirk is one thing I'm just telling you now, I'm not going to forgive that. So say for example, I've committed so many sins and I died, may Allah not let that happen to me. But if I died without asking Allah's forgiveness, He will forgive me. He's looking for any excuse to forgive all my sins besides one. So when we say Allah will not forgive shirk, we're talking about those who died in that condition without repenting. Then Allah warns you with a stronger warning. Because if you look at the Sahaba, the companions of Rasulullah, the majority of them, they were actually mushrikeen prior to accepting Islam. They were polytheists. They worshipped idols and stones and so on. What happened? Inna al Islam wa ma The minute they entered the fold of Islam, everything deleted. The same applies to tawbah. When you repent to Allah and you turn to Him, it deletes everything bad that you've done in the past. When you go for hajj, you come back as clean as the day you were born, the day your mother gave birth to you. Have you ever heard an explanation of that? I can tell you one sentence. Allah deletes. So people say, you come with a clean slate. I say, no. No hadith says you come with a clean slate. The sins are wiped out, but your good deeds, they are carried through, subhanallah. They are carried through. It is selective deleting. You know, when you delete the hard, hard drive or you want to format the hard drive or your phone, you want to actually reset the factory settings, what happens? You need to back things up first if you want them. And if you've just done that, everything's gone, the good and the bad. But when it comes to tawbah, Allah says, the bad is deleted, the good, we keep it. It remains. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness. اقول قولي هذا وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد والسلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته